Welcome to The Movement with your host, Shannon D. Hughes. In your life, do you celebrate the downfalls along with the peaks? You should. These define you as the person you are and help you learn your way to personal success. Now, here is the host of The Movement, Shannon D. Hughes. Hello, welcome, May 8th, Wednesday, and you are part of the movement. I am your host, Shannon D. Hughes. We share the ups and downs, the pitfalls, the victories, and we share what is to come. Our stories always connect to human spirit. Our guests talk about what they've been through, share what they've overcome, the roadblocks of life, and the successes that they are today. You are now part of the movement. Again, I'm Shannon D. Hughes, and you are part of the movement, and we have a fantastic guest here on the show today, she is, she is, she's a knockout. I, you know, we always say that um, on no social media, it's the death of us. Well, I don't believe that. Social media is just a tool. What you find on social media is what you find. And I ran across this person, and she is just a fantastic individual. She has a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, and has served as a juvenile probation officer in her community. She also holds a master's degree in counseling psychology, and is a marriage family therapist. She was born in El Salvador and brought to this country by the age of eight. Her passion is to help individuals identify their areas that need healing in order to live more fulfilled lives. And that is what this show is about. She is the creator of the five stages of divorce. Are you ready for a new relationship? She believes that this program will help individuals reflect and assess whether they are emotionally ready for a new relationship or need more time to heal. She believes that emotionally healed from previous relationships is the imperative for success on the next relationship. And she will also talk about her background as well, as well as what she does today. So I want to bring this fantastic person in right now, Nellie Johnson. Welcome to the movement. How are you? Hi, Shannon. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really just honored and excited to be on, on the show. I really am. Thank you so much. For well, you know, you... You're, you're too powerful to ignore. So this was a no brainer for me. I just had to get you on, you know, with your schedule. I just had to get you on and and, and let you tell about everything that you do. So, Nelly, what I typically like to do on the movement before we get into all of what you are doing currently, we like to take us take take you back way back in the time, as they say. So I want you to tell me about little Nelly Johnson. I see you were brought up uh, from El Salvador. So talk about your childhood and maybe your journey to the United States, if you don't, if you don't mind. No, um, I don't mind at all. And I'm very transparent when I share this because it's still very, um, it's still touched on my heart, Shannon, uh, because of all the things that are going on with the, our borders. And, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many, <laughs> if you know Spanish, but um, El Coyote is the name um, that is given to someone that is going to smuggle you across the border. And yes. so typically it is very common for, and I'm from Central America, you know, I don't know if you took geography, but Central America, <clears throat> El Salvador is in Central America, so it's a little further down, so it, it's a longer journey, to say the least. Okay. And at any rate, um, so my mom, you know, talking about it now, I say, Mom, how unsafe was that for her to pay a complete stranger, you know, $1,000 for my sister and $1,000 for myself so that he can smuggle my sister and I, you know, across the the border and bring us into L.A. And that's where we ended up at. And 
you know, I was thinking for a long time, like I didn't even, I didn't have a, a say into it, you know? And so with all mm-hmm. the things going on now and, you know, I always think like my mom was just really seeking a better life for her girls. And, and that's, you know, it's just, I don't have a lot of memory of that mm-hmm. because, cause I asked my mom, why don't I have a lot of memory of that time? And they gave mm-hmm. me sleeping pills. So I would go to sleep. I'm like, wow, you're giving an wow. eight year old, but you know, I, <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. what happens is that a lot of coyotes, um, they can expose the people, women to a lot of different abuses. So I just feel like God was with us even back then. And we were blessed to just make it, you know, sound and whole. Okay. So, so and let, that really began. Mm-hmm, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's your story. Go ahead. So that just, um, so yeah, that's how I ended up in Los Angeles. But Shannon, that is what began for me a series of negative events in my life, you know, that really, um, impacted me and to the the woman that I am today. And we're going to talk about that right here on the movement. Nellie Johnson is my guest here on the movement. So let's talk about some of these movements. So you're here age of eight. What do you remember when you got here? The very first memory that I have, and as a therapist, that I'll tell you that, Uh, When I talk to clients and they lack a lot of childhood memories, it can represent trauma. So, you know, I remember being, my mom was combing my hair and I was moving and she hit me with the wooden brush so hard that I started to cry. Mm -hmm. And that began kind of my life. So being exposed to physical abuse um, but I want you to know that that can be very common in Latino cultures. And, mm-hmm. you know, what you're supposed to, children were supposed to be, you know, seen, not heard. And that began that discipline. Her form of discipline was just really, there was no communication. It was just all, you know, um, corporal punishment. Right. Because so, um, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember for me when I got punished as a kid, and, and back then, obviously, you and I are, are pretty. I think we're pretty close in age. Yeah. Back then, yeah, it was normal yeah. to get, you know, a spanking or what have you. Um, but when I got um, spanked, my parents would always say to me, "This is why you're getting it." Or if they spanked, they would then say, "You know why you got spanked." Um, is so. Let me ask you, and I think I got the answer. So was it? just hit and and no explanation needed was it this is why i did it can nelly tell me how that how that exchange between you and your mom was let me just tell you that we ended up in the home with her her boyfriend mm-hmm. me and my sister and uh, okay. the boyfriend had a, some kind of daughter who came later but I don't remember my mom ever taking the time to really explain what was going on and why mm-hmm. I was being disciplined. Or if she did, it was very harsh. It was a very um, harsh method of parenting your eight-year-old. And let me just uh, give you a little background that she had left me in El Salvador when I was two. So the woman that really raised okay. me from two to eight was my grandmother in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know my mother. She didn't know me. So mm-hmm. coming into this place, she was a stranger to me. And I mean, I had right. wrote her letters, 
um, and everything, but I didn't have a relationship with her. And I think that contributed to the her form of how she was as a parent and, and what she was exposed okay. to as a child as well. Got it. So, no, Got it. I don't remember. Um, and that was, so that was one. And then as time, you know, elapsed, maybe two years, uh, Shannon, um, I was a victim of sexual abuse, you know, and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, at the, at the hands of, of the man she had living in the home. And mm-hmm. um, so that just kind of morphed into what I'll tell you now is that children usually that whenever there's one form of abuse, it's not just one. There's typically two forms or, or more which makes it compact trauma, you know, so it's usually not one. When a child tells me there's abuse in the home, I usually, it's safe to assume that there's more than one. Right. Now, I am always uncomfortable to hear stuff like this, but I'm more uncomfortable not talking about it. So I appreciate you being transparent. So let me follow up with that, if you don't mind. Um, When that abuse started with you, Nellie, um, obviously there had to be fear as a young girl, I don't know how old you were when this happened. What were you, like two questions? What did you say? Why? And what do I do? What, how did you, I don't, I don't know. How do you, how, as a kid, I don't know how far back you remember. How did you deal with it? Did you come out and say something? Did you go and hide? What did you do at that age? Most children have been groomed with fear. Um, mm-hmm. I want you to remember mm-hmm. that um, the color, so if I'm painting this story for you, I am very afraid of this woman that is now raising I, me. Gotcha. You know, now there's physical mm-hmm. abuse. I didn't know her. We didn't have a relationship. And on top of all that, I knew in my head that I had come to this country and I was and I know that the word illegal is not appropriate to say now we say undocumented, but I want your listeners to know that the word that I grew up hearing in, in my psyche was illegal. You're illegal. Right. You know, that just makes yes. that I remember how that made me feel unwanted, un, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be here, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what that did was create vulnerability. And that vulnerability was, I was like, I was an easy prey. And um, so when you have someone like her boyfriend and a bully in a way, you know, they recognize the vulnerabilities because he's in the home and I'm a child. Right. Already that's just, you know, easy to, to prey on because you groom them, you know, oh, well, you know. Can you imagine if you get caught and, and, and that, that type of thought process was what I was exposed to. So it was easy. And I remember just um, completely shutting down. There was something inside me that had shut down. There was a lack of connection. And this is very common, Shannon, just to let you know, with victims of sexual mm-hmm. abuse, they disconnect because that's the coping that they that generated at the time because it is the, the pain of the sexual trauma is so strong and hurtful that you almost disconnect so that you can function. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask this. Um, so, did you ever? So you, I know you were kind of reserved, and so did anybody find out about it within the family, outside of the family, that this was happening to you? 
Talk, take me through that. What happened as this was continuing? Was there a breaking point to where you said enough? Did somebody catch it? Did you say something? What happened? Mm-hmm. So, you know, this went on um, till I was like 15 or 16 years old. All these years, that's what I um, wow. encountered along with the... Um, Shannon, I just want to tell you that just being very transparent, it's still, you know, it's still something that you, people think that you, you know, overcome, but it's still, sometimes when you talk about it, it's right. still, it can be very painful. Um, so if I just go right. down, just know it's that. Um, so, you know, here I am and the emotional abuse, mm-hmm. I think hurt more than anything. You know, I don't really believe, and my mother and I mm-hmm. have a great relationship now, so she just didn't know then what was really mm-hmm. going on and everything that was right. going on around her. But the emotional abuse, you're not going to be, you know, there's words that she said, you're not. Okay. And I don't want to curse on her, but you're just emotional. You're not, you're nothing. You were a mistake. And um, my birth father, I never met him. And so he was mm-hmm. a already married man, an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. And then my mother's, you know, here she ends up pregnant. And so I always felt like a mistake. You know, I felt like I was being exposed to this because mm-hmm. I really shouldn't, I shouldn't have been born, you know. And so right. at um, 16, um, I told the pastor and a pastor called my mother and told her what was going on and what I had told him. And then she immediately picks me up from school and we went to the park and she hit me. She hit me with a, 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 I remember very clearly with a set of keys with a long, it was like a long Mm -hmm. vineyard and she just kept hitting me with the keys. And it was more of why are you sleeping with my man? then I cannot believe this has happened to right. me. Oh, years. my goodness. So there oh. were moments mm. like that that have just completely, I needed to heal from them. And so, you know, then right. DCFS steps in. You know, DCFS, then, you know, everything kind of exploded. It was like a volcano. That house was like walking around on eggshells. You know, and so DCFS steps in. I get removed from the home and I get put in an emergency placement. That's usually what happens in an emergency placement for the weekend. And it was around, you know, Halloween. And I remember that. And so I get put in Mm -hmm. in like an emergency placement till a set of foster parents or a placement because now I'm a teenager. You know, no foster parents wants to sign up and teenagers are not the first one that that are desired. You know, they all want babies and two-year-olds and, you know, so teenagers right. don't. And, um, but I'm going to tell you, Shannon, that was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me. The best ever. Because. Okay. It really, it really, really, really changed the trajectory of my life. That is, you know, one of the things that I want the message that I really want to send out is that it doesn't matter what you've been through. If you really, you know, um, and, and I really, God will really, and for me, it's God, you know, a lot of people call it different things and I don't want to get stuck in the name, but you know, uh, for me, it was just God. And so I, I 
had. We were already going to church, and so I felt like I had this relationship mm-hmm. with God. And so I said, Lord, my spirituality was growing. And I knew by then, you know, for a long time when you're a victim of sexual abuse, you have a guilt and shame associated with that type of abuse that it's you, you almost absorb, like it's all your fault. You know, and, you know, coming now right. from the career that I've chosen, I have had to explain to women, and I don't disclose that because sometimes it's inappropriate, but you have to explain how that's it's, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the person and its power. And so, at any rate, um, DCFS, you know, I end up there, and I end up with uh, Jane and Ron Ellis, and they... I got placed in them, and I started to go to church with them. And that just, God continued to watch me and grow. And had I not been placed with them to expose me to just a different, a healthy um, home life, I, I don't know where exactly I'd be. They, she really shaped the woman that I am today. So, yeah, so I ended up in, in foster care. Wow. You know. That is amazing. So I end up. Nelly Johnson care. is my guest here on the movement. The movement can be heard. At, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just I was going to tell you what kind of happened transpired after that. So um, mm-hmm. I end up in foster care, and in that time, in that time, Shannon, after you were 18, they would give you 400 dollars, and you're on your way. They didn't really have the extended foster care that is in place right now to the age of 24. So what what they had in in the area that I was living at at the time was the okay. independent living program. And the independent living program is a housing, uh, some housing mm-hmm. units that they'll give um, foster children that have nowhere to go. And I knew that I was not going to return to my mother. I never returned back home with my mother because we had not resolved our issues yet. I was not even mm. speaking to my mother at the time. Yeah, so um, here I am and in this okay. independent living okay. program. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we need to go on a break. Do, do, do I just keep going? Wow. All right, we have one. No, that's all. Yeah, we have. We're actually heading toward the great. So actually, let me let me head toward the break. So and thank you for being so transparent. I know that cannot be easy for you. And it's not easy for a lot of people. But I think when we speak from our our truths, no matter how horrific they are, um, it will it can inspire other people and and lift other people to let them know that they can overcome it because it's a it's a horrific thing to go through. I don't care what age you are um, to go through sexual abuse. There's, there's nothing great about it. And I still think a lot of times society doesn't talk about it enough. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. You'll probably answer that on the other side of the break. But I really appreciate you talking about that. But when we come back, Nelly, what I would like to do is talk about when you started to kind of come out of it. So you talk about you with your foster parents now. Talk about when we come back from break. I want you to talk about how you started to evolve and how you started to find your way. You said you found God, which is never a bad thing. I want you to talk about from that viewpoint and then maybe talk about if you and your mom ever reconnected and how that how did that 
you go and then where your path took you to next. So when we come back, we will continue this fantastic interview with my powerful guest, Nellie Johnson, here on The Movement right after this. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com slash IL. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email, or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. And the movement continues. I'm your host, Shannon D. Hughes. Again, the, the movement can be heard every Wednesday here on Voice America's Influencers Channel at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And we can also be heard on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, On Demand, and Google Play as well. If you have any thoughts you want to send after the show, that would be great too. Email the show, Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes the movement.com. Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes the movement.com. And after this first segment, you'll probably have a lot of questions and comments. So please do so as well as we are back with my guest, Nellie Johnson, uh, who is, uh, who is the creator of the five stages of divorce. And it helps you to find out if you're ready for a new, uh, ready for a new relationship. And she's also been talking about her um, coming up from El, uh, coming over from El Salvador and coming up in a, in a sexual abusive home. And now she's transitioning. So, Nellie, what I would like to do is start from you had mentioned it before the break that you were now with the foster family. Talk about them a little bit and come forward and what was different in the, in their household as a child. Um, thank you. So I, I'm now um, in a foster home, and they had very clear, like on the wall, you Monday nights wash dishes and just healthy. No one was yelling. I 
it was just a very healthy environment. And we would sing in the car, and I have to share this memory because this is this is gives you a clear picture of, of the type of foster parents they were. So they pick me up, and whenever you're a foster child, they literally bring your belongings in a okay. trash bag. So I'm in this trash bag in this building, and uh, here they walk in, and um, I didn't say much. So I'm on the car ride home. Remember, it was like Halloween time, and they were singing, all of them, and there were four other foster girls there that were my age. I was the oldest. They were younger. And they started singing Grandma Got Runned Over by a Reindeer. Okay. And the whole everyone started to sing. And I'm way in the back thinking, what are they doing? I had never been... Ex- <laughs> you guys are all singing in the car like happy? What is this thing that I'm seeing? And for the first time, it was just so beautiful. But I had never had that. I'd never seen that type of togetherness. I never had. It was always fighting, animosity, walking on eggshells. Just, you know, uh, it was all that. That's what I was used to. And sometimes I'll tell you that when you're used to that, you will look for that as an adult. That chaos, that toxicity, it's just all that. So I, here I am, they're singing, they're laughing, and then we get home, and they want to ask questions, and then we used to call her grandma because she was an older lady, and she said, no, give her time to be alone. And so, uh, nevertheless, you get into therapy, and that's why people always ask me, well, Nellie, how did you end up in this field? Well, I had an amazing therapist, and that therapist really... Um, help me. I know that sometimes we get into therapy or therapy has this negative stigma, but for me, it really, really helped me um, heal, process, unpack all those years of abuse. And, and I'm going to tell you that it was just the, the surface, but at least I got it done. It had put me on a path to that healing. So here I am and I you know, after I turned 18, I had to um, leave. So I move in. I couch surfed for like a good six months. And couch surfing, and for most foster okay. children, they just, they have no real family ties. There's no one you can really go to. So I did it with, a, you know, you landed a friend, and then you, then I had an older sister, and so I was there for a while, but then she had her own family, and then you move here. So there's really no stable ground that you can call home. And I did that for about six, seven months till the independent living program said, hooray, it's up and running. And then that's when I moved in there. I... um during my foster care, I met another foster mom. I lived with her, and although I was not her foster child per se, she let me stay there for a while because I didn't have nowhere to go. I would have been homeless. So, you know, there was a lot of good people that God had put in my life. You know, he was even back then, I can see how he was still looking and taking care of me. So I move into this independent living program, and boom, I end up pregnant. And, you know, I'll tell you that one of my goals is to generate a program for foster children as they're exiting the system because I didn't know, as silly as this sounds, Shannon, and you might be like, Nellie, really? But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep it real, that I did not really know, conceptualize that, you know, if you have sex, you get pregnant. 
Like I, no one had ever talked to me. My, my, right. my mother, we, we didn't really know all that. I didn't know. And so, you know, I ended up pregnant and so right. they kicked me out and I ended up in this apartment with, um, by myself that my second, she wasn't my foster mom, but she was a foster parent. She helped me get the apartment. And then I ended up on welfare, food stamps, CCRC, all the wonderful, and they really are wonderful programs that California had, you know, to, to get myself, you know, on my feet. And what I will tell mm-hmm. you is that I started to go to school. That was one thing that while I was collecting the food stamps, and back then it was the tickets, you know, the tickets with the one and the five and they're going to stamp it all out in front of everyone at the grocery store, you know. And I'm embarrassed because there is a, a shame and, and guilt for even wanting to get the help. So um, I was just continued to go to school. That's, that's what I, I, that's one thing that I had a desire to do, still just go to school. I've always been very studious in that aspect. And so um, then I got married. I met someone and whether it was, Good or not, you know, we were together. We were married for 12 years, and that ended okay. um, in, in divorce. But I want to tell you what happened with my immigration, because I'm illegal the whole time. I'm the whole, I go into okay. foster care, and I'm still illegal. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was married that, you know, I got my green card. And it really isn't green. It's white. But, you know, that's, that's your green card. <laughs> and then you have it. <laughs> People are like, it's your green card. I'm like, it's, well, I, I, you know, when I got it. <laughs> you know, Shandy, when I got it, I had tears of joy. I was just yelling. I was thanking God because I finally belonged. I finally belonged. I didn't, before that, it was still like I was always like that. Right. I'm always doing something, like something was wrong with me. Like, I'm still not supposed to be here. You know, I was undocumented, illegal, you know. And so, I get my green card, and I am like the happiest person, you know, on this, on this, because, you know, now it's like you get it, and then you can get all the benefits, and and that's when I was able to apply for welfare and CCRC and all those things. And it just worked out. The timing worked out impeccable. It was just God's timing. And um, so here I am. So then um, that's how I was able to get off the system. So then I graduate from California State University, Bakersfield, with my bachelor's degree, you know, and the whole time, you know. Um, you know, I, I, and I did a video on Facebook of just how, what a wonderful country we live in that we can get the help so that I can go to school and I can take care of myself. Right. So, um, I graduate, um, from Bakersfield. I was already married by this time. My green card was already in place and, um, I apply, I apply to be a juvenile probation officer. I had stopped with a therapy with all the, all the childhood Stuff. What we do sometimes is that we pack it in a box and we store it in the attic somewhere and we don't even want to open it up because a lot of clients, we don't want to talk about those painful memories because they hurt. Okay. And so I moved all that and because I have to do the here and now. The here and now is that I needed to, you know, get a job that was going to pay well so that I can provide and do all those things. And so... Here I am. I'm married. I graduated from Cal State Bakersfield, and I applied for LA County Probation Department, and I 
uh, get hired. I'm a juvenile probation officer, the best, the best, well, from now, because I love what I do now, but that was like a really, um, that was what put me on this path of, of, of being in the helping field, you know? And so you have a lot of kids that mirrored, Shannon, what I had been through. And we're talking about girls camp too. So, you know, they mirror and you, when I saw that, I was, I just saw the need to really help. And you can't, as a PO, you can be a, a talk to them, but it's very limited. It's a very limited. You can't really do therapy with them because you're kind of like on a time crunch and you can only guide and, and do a superficial, okay. but I wanted to go deeper. So um, at the time, I was married, remember, and so we went to Texas. Uh, my ex-husband was a captain in the Army, and so we moved to Texas. And so that's when I decided to pursue my master's degree at Texas A&M. Mm. So, yeah, wow. yeah, I'm an Augie. Go, 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 Augie. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> Um, like I said, you know, people see me now and they, you know, I walk in with a blazer and, and you see what I used to look like. You see, I see other girls that are exactly where I used to be and other kids that were exposed to very similar, um, it almost mirrors mine, you know, and it can be very, um, I have to keep myself in check because I remind myself, this is not about me. This is about them now. And, but there are moments in my life now, Shannon, that I still have, that I get triggered. Uh, and I'll just tell you one, just so you know that it's very normal. Cause I used to think mm-hmm. like I'm healed. Here I am. I'm a probation officer. I've reached this point where I am a hundred percent. I'm good. I can exhale now. No, the smell of beer for me. It, it brings this really, it, it complete, it just puts me in a different state of mind. Mm-hmm. That's why I choose not to drink, you know, um, because for me, it just reminds me of it just, um, it, it, mm-hmm. it renders me powerless. I just, the smell of beer, it's, it, and I can't, and when I talk to other women, colleagues that have overcome some of the same things, there are still some triggers that we're going to face. We're, we're not robots. You know, memory is so powerful, especially your olfactory, which is your sense of smell. And so there are things like that that I would just, I will literally vomit. It's so pungent in, in my memory that I can, that I will, I, so I, I just choose not to. I, I try to avoid those um, scenes because I know myself and I know that that triggers me. But there's still, like I said, just different things that, with my family, so I'm going to tell you about my mother. Um, after not talking for many, many years, you know, part of therapy is to really, um, you know, mend relationships in your life. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I had to really talk to her, I, she was my mother. No matter how you see it and flip it, that is your mother. And so I began to pray to really forgive. Forgiveness was one of those things that I was angry, Shannon. You didn't protect me. You brought me here and then you didn't even protect me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was angry right. and I said to my foster mom, I will never forgive that woman. Never. I will die and I will never mm-hmm. forgive her. I'm here to tell you that I have forgiven her and we have a great relationship now. You know, but it took a lot of years of just yeah. me, myself, growing, um, 
being knowing that she um, didn't have the tools to parent me, that she didn't even right. know what was going on. And I'm going to tell you that a lot of mothers that are in the home and their children get sexually abused, sometimes they do know. And that's right. the truth. As disturbing as that is, um, I believe she knew, you know, and or if you just didn't know, you mm. you you can't even fathom that. So you just you don't think about it and you kind of put mm-hmm. it out of your mind and out of sight, but it is going on. You know, she was, she didn't even want to face that possibility. And so we had to, I had to heal and, and really pray. And again, I go back to the foundation of who I am today is that I'm spiritually grounded. You know, once you're spiritually grounded, uh, it's easier for me to be, you know, forgiving and understand that um, she didn't have a, a, she didn't know, she had my older sister when she was 13. So that mm-hmm. kind of painted for me the type of woman that she was and what her, the tools that she had. And she did the best that she could at that time. And she had her reasons. And there was a point that it's just about forgiveness. It, 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 there is. She right. made a mistake. That's it, Chen. I, I had to forgive wow. her or not. But that unforgiveness was killing me. You know, it was just, I was so angry. When you're so angry like that, it can cause, like, illnesses in the body. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just so angry. And, and then him, you know, I, I, I thought, believe it or not, I was less right. angry with him than I was with my mother. Because she brought me here. It was her job to protect me. Right. You know, and then mm-hmm. I just want to say that in the midst of all that, I was being bullied for not knowing English in my fourth grade. I came and I was in the end of third grade and the beginning of fourth grade. And I mm. didn't know English. So being bullied, I was being bullied at school for not knowing English. So all these, this is all, it was like a a disaster of of everything in my life. I do not have. I did a bio in grad school, mm-hmm. and they make you go to therapy. You're going to be a therapist. Of just, I was just crying and crying because it's grieving. I had to grieve my childhood. I had to grieve the fact that my virginity was not giving to someone that I chose to give it to. You know, I, there is a component of right. grieving when you're dealing with sexual abuse. Your innocence was mm-hmm. shattered. That was taken from you. Right, and that can be. If not unpacked and not processed, it can really interfere your adult life. I mean, you're right. literally like, you know, you're, you're an adult. Think of a lady. She's 35 years old. She's a beautiful woman. And she has a history of sexual trauma. And a lot of that has to be because they have, you know, we have, we, I told you, it's packed away. It's in a box somewhere labeled do not open. And so we really deal with all that that's in our past. It will stick its its head as a here, in the here and now. So when I see an adult now as a therapist, I see an adult that has Mm -hmm. a very dysfunctional, they have a very dysfunctional life. They can't keep a job. It's like poor relationships, alcoholics, just just over, just just a pattern. Mm -hmm. I see that. And I, I don't blame them. I, I say, let's start there. That I just know that there's wounds that you haven't unpacked and 
and and I give them an example of that. There's a box back there, and it's it's like it's in that room in the back, but it's starting to smell. Yes, you know, if your life is a house and you have it in this room back there, it's it's starting to smell, you know. And so you really have to, and this is one thing that I tell clients wow. now that I work with. That is, I do private practice, you know, with with um, Kaiser clients, and I, I say mm. you have to make sure that you really shift and process all that childhood trauma because it interferes mm-hmm. in the here and now. And so m- many people just want to look at the here and now. No, I agree. Well, you know, I totally is, agree. Yeah. So, you know, and, and now, uh, um, believe it or not, and, and I'm just, you know, I've done so many um, times that I've, that I've done uh, sessions with people regarding sexual trauma. And I will tell you this, and this is what I like to educate women on and men, because we think that the only ones that are getting sexually victimized, we think it's women. Well, Shannon, it, it's both. It's men, right. too. And so what happens is that it impairs their sexual adult relationship. And Mm -hmm. that can affect, you know, a marriage. It can affect a healthy relationship. Uh, You have women that can't relax. They, They have this, you know, anxious energy around them because they associate, you know, any type of sexual activity from the past. So that's what it was right. for me, and it really interfered in my marriage initially, and we had to work through that. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that you know what I'm going to pause yeah. you right there. I'm going to pause <laughs> you right there because we're about twenty twenty seconds against the break because this is getting so good. I want you to finish that, and then we're going to talk about you being a probation officer, and then we're going to talk about this five stages of divorce. I want you to hold that for a second. We're going to take a quick break <laughs> with my powerful guest Nelly Johnson right here on the movement. We'll be right back right after this. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com slash IL. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.
You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome back to the movement. I am your host, Shannon D. Hughes, and you're part of the movement once again. Again, our show can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on Voice America and the Influencers Channel. Check us out on demand, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes as well. And I would like to, I have to do this before I bring my guests back in. Please go to Amazon and purchase my best-selling book, The Movement Mastery, How to Acquire momentum and create lasting momentum it is available on kindle for 99 cents right now the hard copy will be available in a couple of weeks so please go to amazon and purchase movement mastery by yours truly available on amazon for on kindle fire for 99 cents we are in the final segment of the show with my guest my my now nelly johnson and i want her to pick up from where she went right before the break you were talking about um, the sexual abuse, you know, not just women, but men. And, and sometimes men can't wrap their head around that. So I want you to delve into that a little bit more before we t- start talking about your career as a juvenile, a juvenile probation officer. And then I want to talk about the five stages of divorce. Yeah, so <clears throat> sexual abuse has become more prevalent in men as well. And so that also, you know, it, like I said, that's one of the abuses that for me can be the worst because it messes with the psyche and it can really affect and interfere and disrupt mm-hmm. your sexual health. We don't talk about it, but everyone has a sexual health and there's no awareness. There's We don't talk about this, shh, you know, and even especially um, in black and Latino homes, you know, we're not educating our children, but... You know, for men trying to deal and understand, um, you know, I had a, a grown person, an adult male, and he had been raped by his uncle when he was 11. And the type of trauma that we had to really unpack and process so that he can, um, you know, just have a, a healthy life was, was, was a lot mm-hmm. of work. And so that's one thing that I do want everyone to know that you really have to seek. And I'm an advocate for getting therapy and removing this negative stigma. Oh, you're going to therapy. Oh, okay. No, it's like, wow, that's great. We all need like a tune-up. Even if there's nothing wrong with you, I think you should go. Because sometimes it's just like it's good. It gives you that objective person to kind of run your ideas and thoughts through. So here I am, uh, I, uh, I'm married, married 12 years, and boom, I, I end up divorced. And so I'm finishing grad school, I'm, my marriage is falling apart, Shannon, and it was um, very painful. A divorce is a loss. Uh, you know, one of my friends, sidebar, my, one of my friends had a divorce party, and I adamantly that I will never celebrate a divorce. I think a divorce is a loss unless there's other things like, you know, there's domestic violence and other reasons, but this was not one of those mm-hmm. cases, you know. And so here I am going through this divorce and 
you know, being, be, being, it, it, the dating scene has, has changed obviously from then to now. And so what right. that pain wow. did was, was just really left me feeling, um, like, who was I? Because I had married him really early on. And so I didn't know who I was after the divorce. Did I like scrambled eggs because Nellie likes scrambled eggs or because he likes scrambled mm-hmm. eggs? It's as, right. as small as that is, you have to know who you are. And that's what this program, the five mm-hmm. stages of divorce, you know, are you ready for your next relationship? What the problem that I saw was that, you know, the divorce rate is higher in your second marriage than your first. And so mm-hmm. one of the ways to target, to, to try to, to change that is to slow it down. Consider it like an emotional timeout so that you shift your awareness from an external and therapy, quality. we call it an external locus of control to an internal. So not to focus on okay. what she did, they did, but it goes back to you. Uh, to mm-hmm. be emotionally autonomous so that you don't need no one to validate you. We all want that to a certain point. But mm-hmm. some people go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship because they're looking for something that they are the only ones that can give themselves. And so that's what this program is about. It's just slowing things down. Wow. And it's talking about coping skills. How do you cope? Mm-hmm. Are you the type of individual that when you have a really long day, you come home and, you know, you open up a bottle of wine every night? You know, are you, you know, you have to feel like you have to go women do shopping and you're $100,000 in debt. Is that better than being an alcoholic? Or It's how you cope. They're both that. So it's about adopting and implementing right. healthy coping skills. And just like I said, being emotionally um, wow, that's awesome. Just, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I, like I said, it's just an emotional surround. Just focus on you. It's okay to be a little selfish. It's, that's and awesome. Work on your All right, we are with the... Mm-hmm. Yes. I didn't hear what you said. So it's, it's right. about just bringing yourself to you. And then we have men, yes. oh, you know... And women that keep attracting these dysfunctional people in their life, and that's because they're a mirror. You, whatever you're attracting, that's what's inside of you. And I know those are harsh words, and people are like, "No, I get," you know. But it really is. Once you're happy, whole, and healthy, you attract that. So that's what my newest project is at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Good. And that I put all well, my. Well, this is what I want to do. This is what I. This is what I want to do to close out the show. And I hate to cut you off because I'm right up against the end of the show. What I would like for you to do is give out your information where people can contact you and get more information about it. And what I like to do here on the movement is to have my guests leave a little positive message to the listeners of the show. So, if you could please, in the next oh three minutes we have remaining can you just give out your information and then uh just give a little little motivational message on the way out if you don't mind nelly thank you shannon um again you can follow me on instagram that would be the and send me a message um ask and that's ask a s k underscore nelly and e l l y and that's a good way of getting a hold of me. I think I'm more on there than I am on Facebook. 
Uh, so that would be the best way. And I also have a website, therapybynelly.com, and that's the other way. Um, but really, in closing, I just want to say that it really, I want to expand, leave you with uh, thoughts of just expanding. Just know that you have much more power than you really realize because you did not know it growing up. Whatever you have been through in your life, make sure that those four thoughts and beliefs and dealing with your inner critic are based on what you're really doing and not the dysfunctional relationships and even your, you know, hurtful sometimes um, past, your childhood. So just really remember, I tell adults this now, just make sure that you are operating from a new update your system, you know, that it's not based on how you were raised and it's not based on the fears and anxiety of the people that raised you and you are living and thriving and who you are today. Well, Nellie, this was a fantastic story. Thank you for being so transparent, so real, so honest, and so raw. Um, it's one of the more unforgettable interviews I had a chance to do, so I really appreciate, sincerely appreciate you telling your story. Thank you for starting your movement, and thank you for being part of mine today. Much love and respect to you. Thank you, Nellie. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. No problem. Thank you. That'll be that's it for this week on the movement. My name is Shannon D. Hughes, and you are part of the movement. If you have not made any movements by now, please get started as my friend Nelly did. See you all next week. Thank you for joining us for the movement. Your host, Shannon D. Hughes, invites you to tune in again for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.